My Story, an Autobiography of a Homosexual Christian by Derek Michael Shaw. Episode 17, A Return to Home. January 23rd, 2013. I emailed Jonathan that things were not going well in San Francisco. Tracy was hating his job and wanted to quit. He did look into the possibility of working remotely so we could move back to Portland, but he did not receive a response for several weeks. Eventually, though, since he was such a valuable asset to the company, they gave him approval to move back to Portland. And by March 17, 2013, we had signed a rental agreement for a small two-bedroom, one-bath condo on Southeast Belmont Street in Portland, Oregon, just a few blocks away from the apartment we lived in before we left for San Francisco. We would be returning to the area where our love had first developed. We did it. With a simple signature, we've made our wish to return to Portland, our home, a reality. There is no question that I would not be able to do this without you. This experience, while enlightening, has been trying, and your love has kept me going. You are not perfect, but neither am I. Only when we are together do things seem right. How many ways can I say, I love you, I love you, I love you? Yours, Tracy. We arrived back in Portland on April 15, 2013. Tracy was set up to work remotely for Unity Technologies, and I once again began a job search. While I could have returned to lending and mortgages, I wanted to try something different. So I looked for other finance accounting jobs in the Portland area. I spent another three months looking for work while Tracy once again supported us. It created a lot of tension in our relationship. I did try to do my share by keeping the house clean and cooking dinners. I took care of some problems with his Enbrel medication prescription. He also had other insurance problems from his company switching insurance providers mid-year. That took months to resolve, and I probably made 30 to 40 phone calls by the end of it. I even got marijuana for us before it was legal recreationally, because it helped with some of the other symptoms of his arthritis. And Tracy did get his medical marijuana card sometime this year as well. In the summer of 2013, Tracy and I had a fight in which he said he wanted to kill himself because he wasn't happy with where he was at in life or in our relationship. This devastated me, because even if I couldn't fix the relationship, I didn't want to lose him as a person, especially since I had promised his mother that I would take care of him. So I ran after him when he ran out the door and chased him down the street. I had to convince him to come back. I'm pretty sure I asked if he should see a counselor again, but he declined. This was our anxious, avoidant attachment styles in overdrive because we were both stressed with the move, with my job search, and his job dissatisfaction. We had many similar fights in the next few years, with him threatening to leave or break up with me, and with me crying or, and apologizing and taking him back without requiring any real change in our behaviors or our relationship. August 12th. 2013, I started my new job at OHSU. I became an accounting specialist in the Knight Cancer Institute at Oregon Health and Science University. Two days after this, on August 14th, we received a letter stating that Tracy's childhood home in Gresham, the home where we celebrated Christmas when his mother was still alive, and even for the first two years after her death, was being foreclosed upon. 
His adopted father, Kirk, had stopped paying the mortgage and let the property go into disrepair. A second-story back porch had broken off due to rot. It was heartbreaking to see, but we couldn't do anything about it, as the property reverted to Kirk's sole ownership once Madeline died. It revealed to me that Kirk didn't plan or think about the long-term effects of his actions. Kirk disappointed Tracy a lot. He did this by not renewing Madeline's life insurance policies before she passed away. These would have provided funds for all of her children to attend college and given them a solid start to their adulthood. He hurt Tracy, who came out at age 13, when he sent Tracy to gay conversion treatments where they tried to pray the gay out of him and taught him to walk like a man and talk like a man. Kirk would go through Tracy's journals to make sure he wasn't pursuing other boys. He had very little privacy. Tracy was made to feel unsafe and unloved in his own home, a home that hadn't always included Kirk. Kirk disappointed Tracy when Tracy had tried to go to school twice, USC as a 19-year-old and Lewis and Clark College as a 21-year-old. Tracy just wanted to get a bachelor's degree, like most intelligent, talented people. And both times he had to drop out for financial reasons. Kirk and Madeline didn't help him with any loan application forms and couldn't or wouldn't co-sign on any types of loans for his education. And so in September 2013, Tracy officially changed his last name. It had been Erickson, Kirk's last name, because Kirk had adopted Tracy when he married Madeline. Tracy changed his last name to his middle name and became Tracy Allen. It was his final step in breaking free from Kirk's influence on his life at least on any visible level. I feel that Tracy's avoidant tendencies will require him to still break free of his family's emotional and psychological influence. There is still a lot of hurt and sadness in his life from those relationships. For my birthday this year, Tracy got me a video game, Beyond Two Souls, and an entry for both of us in the color run, a short 5K run where runners are colored by spectators throwing colored powders on them. On October 17th, 2013, we celebrated our five-year anniversary. Tracy gave me a card that said, You hold the key to my heart. And he wrote, Five memorable years filled with love, laughter, and the occasional bad times that we always come through. November and December were spent starting the house hunting process for real. Both Tracy and I had good jobs, our one-year lease would be up in a few months, and we wanted to be in a house. We truly wanted to start to have the home in Portland that we both always wanted. Christmas was spent in our rented condo, and we also spent time with Tracy's closest friend, Stephen, who also went by the name Aliyah. Aliyah had been with his partner, Matt, for about the same amount of time as Tracy and me. We had spent some time with them before leaving Portland, even some of our first Christmases together. But we didn't do a good job at reconnecting with them when we moved back. Similar to John and Dustin in San Francisco, we didn't really do too many things as couples together. Aliyah was Tracy's friend from when they were both still single, but time and distance had made them grow apart. Tracy had frustrations with how Aliyah was treating him. Basically, he would only see Tracy when he needed or wanted something. Aliyah had also started his own massage studio, so he was very busy with his new business and rarely had free time. We would still see them over the next year, but it soon became just Tracy hanging out with Aliyah 
and then even that stopped. While we had returned to familiar territory this year, we didn't really have a home. Both of us were insecure and troubled by our relationship, and the challenges and hurts we had experienced were adding up. Both of us had already lost relationships with our families. Problems and arguments were becoming more frequent, and I was becoming consumed with supporting and helping Tracy. I desperately wanted to keep this relationship because I had sacrificed time, energy, other relationships, even parts of myself to keeping it alive. But what I failed to realize was that I was losing myself as I was losing my relationship. Next time on My Story, Episode 18, Locked Out of Heaven.